See, what I wanted to do with all of this was, by the age of 30, I wanted to write a book. And I simply just wanted this book to be an example of faith. Because, especially in times like these where some people may not know how to control their emotions or have never been isolated, at least for this long, I mean, I know a lot of us haven't, or have been experiencing the feeling of simply being alone. In times like these, this is when faith is most important. And I'm not making a connection to religion necessarily. What I mean by faith is having the underlying conviction of accomplishing something. Whether it be goals that you have for yourself or perhaps even making a difference in someone else's life. Now is the most important time that we need to focus on the gifts that we've been given. And I know especially hard because a lot of us have more free time. We pay close attention to our phones. We really like to see what other people are doing a lot of the times. But it's most important that you remain focused. And you keep that belief that you've always had. And a lot of the guests that we've had on Next Up so far have shared stories of belief and faith. And that's the main focus. And I, I thought about this book. And by the time I turn 30, will books still be a thing? I, I guess just ebooks. I don't know. I'll probably still write the book anyway. But I learned my gift early. And my gift is to be an example. And I'll be the first to admit I am by no means a perfect man. And it's up to anyone's discretion whether they could say myself or even you are a good example or a bad example. Somewhere in between. Whatever it may be. But I know that a lot of what I've experienced growing up will help someone. That's all that I aim to do. Because as I mentioned, as alone that you may think that you are, you're not. There are a lot of people in this world that care for you. Before I jump into these experiences, just to remind you, Next Up is fueled by power supplements. You could say that I'm not from the hood because of the town that I'm from. But damn, that struggle sure did feel like it sometimes. I'm from Moorestown, New Jersey. It's right over the bridge to Philadelphia. And former athletes used to live in my town for the Eagles, Phillies, Sixers. And my town has a lot of wealth. And I'm, I'm very thankful to call Moorestown my home. And I'm very grateful for the relationships that I've gained since being in Moorestown. But my first home 
felt like I didn't belong. See, in, in my house, we, we had carpets that if you wore white socks, they were going to be black. And I would go nights sometimes without eating and skipping meals once in a while. I was scared to have friends over sometimes because they would see the bugs that we had in, in our house. We were tight on money, basically, all the time. It was, and it was the norm. And it was just something that I just grew accustomed to. And going to school was tough. Like elementary school, in the beginning, I would, sometimes I would go to school a couple times a week wearing the same things that I wore earlier in the week, wear my clothes inside out, all that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough, but, uh, my brother and I may do. My older brother was my right hand. I, I learned so much from him growing up. He introduced me to rap music. He introduced me to sports and something that I've noticed over the years was The reason I'm, and a lot of other people, love rap music was because they can relate to certain things that were mentioned in their lyrics and about working hard and the grind and dealing with poverty as well. That was the big reason why rap music was my thing. And I loved it so much, that was probably my my first passion. I was probably like six or seven trying to write rhymes and they were just horrible. I gave on that extremely quickly, but music was definitely a first love of mine. And it was a huge love for my father too. But my father's family was from Tennessee and he was a blue collar guy, you could say. More of a handyman contractor type. He would just complete odd jobs and contracting work for different friends that he knew just to get by. And he was the type of guy to not even have a bank account. He just was completely okay with everything that was going on and and his life and he was content with himself. And he never cared what people thought about him, which I found very interesting. Never. The way that he dressed and the way that he carried himself. And it's it's just funny to think about now. But um, another big thing was we didn't have a car in our house. See, what my, what my dad did was he would ride his bike wherever he would need to go. Need to go. So whether it was to the supermarket or whether it was to get something for the house... He would ride his bike. And so basically what I'm saying is if I missed a day of school, I was not making it to school. It just was not in the cards. Like regardless if we contacted a friend or something. So I always made sure that I went. Though I I knew school was important. But just going to school 
with different kids growing up. I I knew that we I I knew that I was different from everyone else in the sense that money was a big issue and you could see the the kids they were friends with each other and those were the the families that were connected and they were wealthier together versus the not so wealthy how however you want to put it but a lot of the friends that I grew up knowing they went through poverty and a lot of my neighbors in the development next to me they they weren't around for very long I would make friends for a couple months and they would end up moving for whatever reason it was and that was something that I was introduced to very early uh people would come around and then they just wouldn't anymore and it was weird it was it was very strange to get used to but something that i i realized very early on was it was just my dad and my brother and myself my mother wasn't around very often and i noticed that when she would visit uh she would visit 2 days a week and it would be with someone else and this other person that would be alongside her was always professionally dressed it was usually a woman as well and um what i learned was it was a social worker and obviously she was assigned or whoever it was was assigned to accompany my mother to make sure everything went smoothly but i eventually learned that uh my mother was very sick and eventually i was told that she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia uh probably b- before i was born so that is i've learned that that is something that well it's it's been in my family at least on her side a little bit so she she wasn't around a lot and when she would be around she would talk to herself under her breath and she would pace in circles uh sometimes she would have an uncontrollable laugh which i found kind of strange but always tried my best to talk to her keep keep in contact with her what what whatever it was but uh yeah it was my dad my brother and myself just boys just boys being boys and we my brother and i we would play video games and a lot we played video games a lot and we loved sports that was our thing we looked up to different athletes because we saw that a lot of athletes dealt with poverty too and that was their way out so we were introduced to sports pretty early when i went to summer camp i went to summer camp in elementary school and i was always trying to be active and what was very interesting was a lifelong friend i found at this summer camp and at this summer camp we would just trade Yu-Gi-Oh cards. We would trade Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokémon cards. 
and uh, this was probably second grade. We didn't go to the same elementary school, but when we linked up in the summer, we were friends, and then we would go about our separate ways. But I eventually learned down the road that in seventh grade, I I met, or I thought I met, this friend. And just for the sake of all this, uh, we can call him Clutch. So seventh grade, Clutch and I became friends, and we were hanging out a lot. We we had a our friend group had a lot of the same people. I would spend time at his house a lot. I would spend time with his family a lot, just to kind of escape what was going on at home. And uh, we eventually realized that second grade is when we first met. And then we, we linked back up and we stayed friends all throughout middle school and and in, and even in the high school. But my my father, he, he was an alcoholic and I, I think that's why he didn't have a car. I never really found out, but uh, I was, yeah, it was, it was tough sometimes going to school. I would go to school smelling like cigarettes sometimes too. And, and even in, in middle school, I dealt with a couple situations of arguing with people that I didn't smoke and people thought like I smoked cigarettes. It was just, just a weird situation. And obviously I laugh at it now because it's just so minuscule and it just doesn't matter. But it's uh, just growing up in an environment like that. As a kid, it's really eye-opening to just see the progression of certain situations and how certain people deal with different things emotionally. But there... My... Like I said, my my older brother was my right-hand man. Uh, in high school, he he just stopped going to school. My dad didn't really make him go to school, uh, which I don't, he just didn't really care. My brother just didn't feel the need to have an education. He didn't, college wasn't in the cards for us, like at, at any point at all. So my brother would skip school. He would hang out with people that he wasn't supposed to. He was, uh, he was messing with drugs a little bit. He was smoking weed and he was drinking and this was at 16, 17. And, uh, there, there came a situation where he came home very late, probably at two, three in the morning. And, uh, he, he he was under the influence of something. I don't I don't really remember, but he was screaming so loud because he he felt like he couldn't see himself in the mirror or something and I just I thought that situation was so strange. Then from that point on, he was just acting very different. He always remained antisocial. And eventually what I'm getting at is Later on in in our lives, he developed paranoid schizophrenia as well. Uh, for whatever reason that may have been. Every case is different with that disease. And he told me at first, when he first 
started to get symptoms that he was hearing voices and I used to tell him that I, I didn't believe him and it was all in his head, which, which it was, but just us being as tight as we were and for that to happen to him, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was horrible. And he was later admitted to a, a psychiatric hospital and, uh, he was, he's never been the same since. Never went to college. Never, never went through things that a lot of normal teenagers do. And it's just very unfortunate to see someone go through that. But what I did try and pay attention to were, obviously I noticed that my older brother wasn't exactly doing the right things. Especially when it came to hanging around people he wasn't supposed to. So I tried my best to fit in with many different groups of people at school. And I I always tried my best to be a good person. But I, I noticed sometimes when I would be around certain people, I would... I would get jealous, I would get frustrated because I I didn't have what they had and it was tough, but growing up with a lot of the friends that I did and a lot of the friends that did stick around, they, they helped me get through things, especially friends that I related to. We, and a lot of us knew that we had personal family issues, you could say, going on at home, but we never really went in depth about it. We just we just kind of knew. So that's why it was it was really nice to be able to relate at such a young age to other people going through the same thing. But I I always made sure that I went to school. I, I knew school was important I knew it was going to be important for my future but especially when I I first hit high school college was never in the cards for me I used to think that I would get a football scholarship or something like that or something would just happen I just I always believed that my future was bigger than what I was going through. There were times where I would go home after school and dad would already be drunk and brother wouldn't be there. Obviously mom not around and I would cry and I would pray for some sign of difference. Something. Something to come save me, so to speak. I, I had many, many trials with that. And I would isolate myself. I isolated myself a lot. I just thought I could do everything on my own. I was just such an independent person at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And it was weird how that, that just came about. I would... <sighs> there was... Um, 
there was a, a situation where I had this quarter collection and it was almost completed, but uh, I had to wait like two or three years for the rest of the quarters to, to be released. But um, my dad wasn't around and we didn't have any money and we didn't have any food in the house. But luckily we we lived next to a 7-Eleven. So I spent my quarter collection on a loaf of bread and peanut butter because I was hungry and I was, I was growing. I love to eat. That was, and I just, I loved, I loved food so much, but it was so scarce growing up. It was, it was, it was tough. And uh, eventually the 7-Eleven accepted our food stamps, which was, which was pretty clutch. Yeah, I was using those things all the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were on food stamps, we were on welfare, all that. And uh, dad was paying cash for the rent. So it wasn't, wasn't the most secure situation. But I, I got to high school... I started playing football and that that was my thing my my mental escape my ability to just put everything else aside do my thing and be happy that was my thing and I'm I'm very blessed that I found that and uh the friend clutch that I mentioned we played football together freshman and sophomore year and after we would play or for every home game rather the practice before the home game the day before his parents would be some of the parents that made food for all the football players and there were certain situations where I would ask if I could have leftovers potentially because I didn't have food at my house and yeah it was it was it was pretty embarrassing but at that point I just didn't really care I just I just needed to do what was best for me at the moment and I was I was pretty close with his parents already. So they they kind of knew my situation and what was going on, but uh then this this brings me to sophomore year of high school. I was 15 years old and football was the only thing I wanted to do. I didn't care about school. I I went. I knew it was important for me. I went to I went to school and I went to class just so I could play football. But unfortunately the timing when it came to my father and his health it it got very bad. So it turns out that four of my father's family members passed away the entire year leading up to my sophomore year. Um, mentally, that was very debilitating on my father. Uh, 
and he was he would already drink a lot as it was so he began drinking so much he got a liver infection and he couldn't work and i noticed as a couple months went by we just weren't bringing in money at all so i used to think that the bills were getting paid but our electric would get cut off sometimes uh and i was wondering if we were going to make it and it was just him and i i didn't really have any time to work i mean i could have made time but i didn't realize that i needed time to work and it just so happened that one day i was playing video games and he came into my room and he started packing up my things and he asked if I had a friend's house to stay at for a couple of days. And after he said that, I I, I got the hint. I, I knew what was happening. Uh, and it was just terrifying. I went to school the next day. Thought about it, obviously. It was weighing on me very heavily. I was thinking about my dad thinking about what was going to happen to us. And I come home, brand new doorknob on the front door. Go to twist it, it's locked. All my stuff is inside, the only things that I have are clothes on my back and my backpack. For the first time in my life, I was really stuck. 15 years old, no idea what to do. I used to think that I I knew what I was doing. I was I knew how to get by, I knew how to survive. But something like this would just completely blindsided me, but I'd like to think that a lot of the times that I went home very upset, I cried, I I would pray for a difference, I would pray for a change. I just always believed in that I was bigger than the situation I was in. I felt as though on that day I was finally given an answer. And I I was fortunate enough to have some great people help me out this part of my life I like to call redemption hey thanks for listening guys make sure you subscribe like comment give me your feedback listen to some of our guests that we've had on as well really good interview